When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. back for another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos game source and inside sports fantasy football we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review on apple Podcasts. plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the lakers fast break lakerholics.com medium.com slash basketball dash university and also our great friends at the hoopheads podcast network at hoopheadspod.com it is sincerely appreciated well right now we're in the thick of things in the nba playoffs we've just seen over the past day or so the clippers do an el foldo act once again all the way to, to get back into the game they worked so hard and the defensive struggle it was against the phoenix suns only to have paul george blow it at the free throw line once again pandemic p rises once again i'll tell you what but before we get to the nba playoffs update before we get to kyle kuzma and the kyle kuzma dilemma which we'll talk about later in the program regards to what his real value is to other NBA teams, and also if he stays on the Lakers. We'll also talk about some under-the-radar, because we talked about some big trade and free agent targets on the last program. What are some of the under-the-radar moves that the Lakers can make to help fill out the roster a little bit better than they did last year? We'll talk about that coming up. Plus, Jason Kidd is reportedly trying to Woo, some coaches over to Dallas with him that are on the Lakers staff. Come to me, come with me and Mark Cuban. Come, come, come. Which do you think will leave and which do you hope will stay? We'll talk about that coming up as well. And I was on another show recently on the Upside Swings podcast. So if you check that out, my appearance there, it is greatly appreciated. Stone Hansen and the guys do a great job on that show talking about the NBA draft. And I was on there, and one of the questions fielded to me was, what is the worst option for the Lakers right now? And I took some time to think about it, and I said that the worst option for the Lakers is if they make the pick at number 22 and keep the pick at number 22. I'll explain why and ask these guys as well if that's the case or do they think I'm crazy. So. We'll talk about that coming up in the show as well. But guys are here right now to talk NBA basketball. And before we get into it, guys, I want to go ahead and say I'm mad at both you, Spencer Young, from Basketball University, and also you, Laker Tom. I'm incensed at both of you that we did not get our – well, we did not pull our money together. We did not go into our wallets. We did not go into our bank accounts and pull our money together because I guess the Lakers 27% was up for sale to the highest bidder <laughs> and it looks like lakers minority percentage owner philip Anschutz, who's selling his 27 percent stake in the team to two of the dodgers owners so that's going to happen there for a tidy one plus billion dollars it looks like right around 1.35 billion dollars so i want to hear your thoughts on this guys before we head into the nba playoffs spencer did you realize that the Lakers were up for sale 
at least this percentage of it. Well, I mean, I just heard the breaking news like you, and I think just for the sake of Lakers fans, um, let's hope they're ready to pay the luxury tax and maybe even the repeated more championships. Right. Them purchasing the Dodgers has led to, what, three straight World Series and a World Series championship. So that can mean good things for the Lakers with new blood in there. So that's good. Laker Tom, I know you and I together fell just short of the $1.35 billion needed. For yeah, I put the- my share up, Gerald, but you were like $26.999 million short. Well, I, I had to speak to my attorneys and also my, aka my person behind the money and all that, aka my wife. wife. So, <laughs> yes, my wife. And she said not in a million years. So I was very disappointed in that. I was just short. On the I money, tried to so buy I, shares on Robinhood, but it wasn't listed. I was going to sell my PS4, you know, on my Xbox One. I could have sold that, but, you know, that was just not enough as well. So, again... 27% of the Lakers is going to the Dodgers owners, and congratulations to them. Hopefully that will provide a, a winning attitude coming in there and maybe some fresh ideas that would be great to look at. I think the Lakers could use it. And since the Lakers have a winning history, it's great to see that some, some people coming in that have been part of a recent world championship, like the Lakers, are coming in there as well. So hopefully we can get some of that stuff that Laker Tom had talked about on a previous episode in regards to the upper management and the executive branch being a little bit muddled, maybe they can help unmuddle that and maybe make it easier for the Lakers to go ahead and carry on with business. But there's still much more to talk about on today's program. The NBA playoffs are at Spencer. I want to talk to you first. Again, the Clippers did, I don't want to say they choked because they were behind most of the game, but they had a chance to go ahead and capitalize on it. And after a team that, with the right moves here or there, could have been up 3-1, that are now down 3-1, is it all over for the Clippers at this point in time? Well, yeah, I would say so. Because, I mean, they looked tired, frankly. Um, you saw Paul George shot 25% from from the field, I think. And he doesn't typically miss free throws. I know he obviously missed free throws in game two. So, again, that, that signals to a larger issue, which is that they beat the Jazz and then immediately played a really healthy and outside of, you know, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, but a really healthy and rested Suns team. And and they've tried to make adjustments, right? They're playing Avica Zubats almost the whole game. And he's doing, you know, a decent job at um, protecting the paint. But this is another game where, you know, they, they had to win, frankly, unless Kawhi Leonard's going to, return in game six magically i i don't see it for him. you're right that's the game they had to win and unfortunately a lot of it rested on some more paul george free throws that were missed and i know everybody has already seen out there in twitter land and also as well just out there in news footage and sports footage steve Ballmer showing his reaction to the missed free throws once again and it, I don't know if say it cost them 100% in the same way that it did in game yeah. three. You know, as we saw what happened when he missed both free throws. But still, that was a, that was a gut wrencher. And, and Laker Tom, your thoughts on it? I know you enjoyed it. And I know you enjoyed Steve Ballmer just writhing in pain right there on the sidelines. But your thoughts on the Clippers? A nice crew. It looks like, but it looks like their season is quickly coming over to an end this week. I wouldn't write them off completely. You know, that's this is one of those situations where shots don't fall for you, for the other team, and, and all of a sudden they start falling for you, and you eke out a win, you know, eke out a win, and you come back to L.A., and you win again, and, and now you're in a seventh, you're in a game seven. So it definitely can happen, and I, and, uh, you know, I mean, I I have to say, the idea that you go into the game tomorrow with an intention to run them off of the court because of how tired they are and how fatigued they have to be seems to be the perfect strategy and 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 the execution they make of it. But but I've been been, been impressed with I mean, Reggie Jackson has been playing out of his mind. He was exactly you know what we what we hope Dennis Schroeder was when we when we agreed to pay him 15, 16 million, 15, five a year, 
And uh, for a guy playing on veteran minimum, Reggie's in for a big payday. You know, and then the other kid, God, I guess escapes his name, my name, uh, Man. Oh, Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann is exactly what the Lakers hoped Taylor Horton Tucker would be. Second second round pick two years ago, you know, and uh, this kid is is showing up that he's really a big time player. Uh, and you have to you have to think about the Clippers. Obviously, they would be favorites in this series if if Kawhi Leonard was playing, and if they can hold on to those guys, and if they can, you know, not complete El Foldo, you know, maybe come back and make this a seven game series or something, or at least, you know, at least string it out to six. You know, that's, it's, I think it's an embarrassing situation for them, but you know, it's not as bad as it was last year, man. So they'll, they'll come back from it. Um, and, you know, and, and frankly, you know, they put together a cast of characters that, you know, when you watch the way antics that they go through and so forth, I mean, it's a, it's like perfectly cast set of villains for, for Laker fans to hate, you know, I'm usually of the type that, I mean, I have even as a Yankee fan rooted for the Red Sox in the world series. Now that's quite an achievement for a Yankee fan to do. I mean, I root for the, usually root for the division or the team or the league that my team came from, you know, or the team that beat my team, which is why one of the reasons I've been rooting for the Suns. but I, you know, I couldn't do that for the Clippers. I don't know what it is. And that article that was published by, uh, I can't remember who was the first guy that put it out there about why, you know, taking Ty Lue's comment about, well, why don't Laker fans root for Clippers during the, the playoffs? You know, it's a complete lack of understanding of the situation. And and now with the tie between the Lakers and the Dodgers, I mean, you can see that this thing is aimed. There's two important things I wanted to go back. If I, I'll just, and I'll keep it brief. In addition to uh, the 27% ownership, they have a first right of refusal if the bus, bus family ever decides to sell. If they decide to sell their 62%, then these two guys from the Dodgers would have a right to buy the Lakers. So that's an important part of it. That's the big thing Philip had in his contract that none of the other people have. Um, and then secondly, obviously what they're trying to do is is – put together a I mean you can see the TV package will be a Lakers Dodgers TV package that will be pitched to some network next time around and that has got to be the mega package in the country for for a TV contract well you know that reminds me cuz 62% by the bus family 27% by now the Dodgers owners from Anschluss mm-hmm. I want to ask you this the other 11% it's still out there Spencer, we can still buy this. No, there's a, there's, a, there's a UCLA there's a UCLA doctor. Yes, the doctor I know of. I heard he's got like four percent. He, he has like I think five or six. Yeah, because I know he's the one that bought it from Magic. Is correct? Right. Correct? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So there's still another five percent for us out yeah. there. Come on, mm-hmm. come on, we yeah, can do keep, this. Just get download your your Robin Hood app and keep looking every day, Gerald. And, you let us know when it happens. All right. Yes, I'm going to sell GameStop sock. And here you go. All right. All right. Okay. Sweet. Okay. There you go. Sounds good to me. But yeah, Tom, I agree with you. I mean, it's just hard to get into the NBA playoffs, you know, as far as rooting the team. I watch it as an NBA fan. That's what I'm doing. And obviously, it's for what I do. I think the games have been great. The games have been great. Yeah. I mean, yesterday, as a game, as a basketball game, if you look at it and you just saw two teams and you were just coming there. You saw a hard-fought battle, very defensive-minded. That was playoff basketball right there yeah, for you. Definitely. A lot of smack talk. Patrick Beverly talking smack. Jay Crowder talking smack back. It's beautiful to watch in regards to that part of it. But getting behind a team, I'm not. I, I'm, yeah. If there's any team I'm getting behind, it's in the Eastern Conference. Unless getting over against right the there. team is an easier task than getting behind a team. Yeah, well, that's that's. If there's any team I'm getting behind, it is the Eastern Conference and Trey Young because uh, you know they got they got walloped, Spencer. They got yeah. walloped in Game Two. Game Three is going to take place right after our taping here today. What are you expecting? Are you expecting from this point forward Milwaukee to take control, or do you think now that it's shifted to Atlanta, Atlanta, the fans there, which have been maligned over the years because. Even in times like Laker Tom had mentioned when they've won 60 games, they have not shown up. They're shown up now. They're there now. 
So be that as it may, I want to ask you this. Are you hoping or are you thinking that this could still be a series after all? Well, yeah, I don't think the game two victory by Milwaukee sort of like ends the series here because I think they're sort of playing with fire, right? If you watch almost every time down, Atlanta's running pick and roll with Trey Young and Coach Budenholzer of the Bucks, he's sort of taking a different approach. And sometimes they go under on screens for Trey Young. You go under on enough screens and you give up enough open threes, you're, you're bound to lose probably one game, if not two. So, you know, he's he's conceding open threes to protect the paint, which is sort of his philosophy. We've seen it for, you know, multiple years now, right? I think he's still running a huge gamble there. And so I don't think this series is over at all. It might be six. It might be seven. I guess it depends on if Trey Young plays like he did in game one or if he plays like he did in game two. Well, even if they get to a finals and let's say they play Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns with all the outside shooters that they have, if they keep on going under, that could be very problematic for Milwaukee. I know that's something that Budenholzer traditionally does, but he may have to go ahead and do something he doesn't like to do, and that's adjust in the game. But Laker Tom, do you see this at all being a series? Yeah, I mean, the momentum is clearly behind Milwaukee right now after that big win in game two. Now that it shifts to Atlanta, I'm hoping that they will go ahead and split at least. Is that a possibility? I mean, I think it still is. I, I agree with Spencer that that you know that big victory. You know, you, you lay, they laid an egg in that game. But I think the one thing that that's come out clear that the point guard position is going to determine the game. You know, if Trey Young goes crazy, there Atlanta can Atlanta can beat Milwaukee. Drew Holiday has to do. A stellar job, which he did in game two of slowing Trey Young down. And if he can do that, then, then, you know, the Bucks, the Bucks will win. I still think it's going to go seven, you know, and I think the important thing to remember is that, that unlike most of the other series that we've gone through so far this year, the Hawks stole a game. They, they stole one of those two games in, in Milwaukee, you know, and, and they have home court advantage now. And they've got a fearless kid in in Trey Young who's leading that team, so I wouldn't I it wouldn't surprise me if we had a Suns and Hawks NBA Finals. You know, I mean that I'm I'm sure that if anybody was putting their bracket together, uh, you know there there couldn't have been many people who had the Suns and the Hawks meeting in the NBA Finals. And I can remember in previous years when it when there wasn't great teams in the finals or the Lakers weren't in the finals when when my interest waned tremendously in watching the game, you know, I mean, if my wife had something suggested to do better that, you know, I might've even skipped the game in, in that situation, but I, I'm watching every game every night, you know, in, in these last two series. And it, it's been as good a basketball as I can remember. I mean, I couldn't believe how many times those guys went up and down the court and nobody could put the ball in the basket when it was 71 to 70 or, 68 to 69 I can't remember the exact score but that was it was just excruciating you know you could just see that people were totally exhausted you know shots weren't anywhere near close you know it was definitely just last minute those are the kind of shots that you know those are the kind of shots that you hope you hope your players never settle for in a game but everybody was settling for them because it was the only thing they could do but it's a great you know I mean what are we going to be doing after we finish this podcast I'm going to be watching the game. Well, there you go, indeed. But once again, it is the NBA playoffs right now. The Suns are on the verge of eliminating the Los Angeles Clippers three games to one as it heads back to Phoenix. And also after this, it will be the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks tied 1-1 going into Atlanta for game three. So we'll keep updating you as we go along on our shows. So keep tuned to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. I know you've been hearing about Manscaped on all those other programs and podcasts. Well, Manscaped and the Hoopheads Podcast Network are working together on something fantastic. And oh my goodness, have we got a deal for you. 
Manscaped.com has just released their wireless, waterproof, and rechargeable Lawnmower 4.0, which offers their trademark skin safe replaceable blades that gets you the ultra close shave exactly where you need it. Head on over to Manscaped.com and choose from the huge list of men's grooming and lifestyle products, including the ultra popular Lawnmower 4.0 Body Groomer, and get 20% off at Manscaped plus free shipping with the promo code FASTBREAK at manscaped.com. That's right, just type in FASTBREAK, all one word at checkout, at Manscaped, and get ready to start looking good this summer from your friends at Manscaped, the Hoopheads Podcast Network, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. But guys, there's so much to talk about when it comes to the Lakers on today's program. Kyle Kuzma and the Kyle Kuzma Dilemma. And the reason I say it's a dilemma is because We've gone back and forth on his value, and we've gone back and forth on his play over the past three years now. It's been something that a lot of people have gone over from the late first-round sensation to a late first-round disappointment to someone that evolved his game and changed it into something that the team sorely needed in its championship run to someone that reverted back to a disappointing shows-up-once-in-a-while and disappears the next type of individual, which, again, is just a very enigmatic of the Kyle Kuzma dilemma in and of itself. So I ask you guys this real quickly when it comes to Kyle Kuzma. Spencer, I'll start with you first, and that is, what is his real value out there in the NBA? And even more importantly, if he's not traded, which he assumes will happen because he took the Lakers off his in- Instagram earlier this month i mean if he doesn't have enough value out there to the nba what is his real value to the lakers can he still stay a consistent part of the rotation well i think sort of compared to last year i think his his value has actually increased i know obviously if you ask a lakers fan after his playoff performance his stock has never been lower right but i think his value is probably more stable than we as fans might perceive it because he had a good season in, in terms of shooting. He had his best defensive season. He was borderline elite at rebounding at some points in the year. If you look at like rebound, offensive rebound and defensive rebound percentage, not just the total per game. So I think around the league, he, he should have some interest. And I think it was reported OKC and Sacramento will make an offer. That's interesting. OKC, obviously, they're, they're rebuilding. So maybe maybe they could take him on as a, you know, sort of a depressed asset and build him up and trade him for even more draft picks because that's what they but do. But they only have 50. Right? And yeah. Sac- no, seriously, they only have 50. You can never have enough draft picks or shooting. They have 25 first-round <laughs> picks and 25 second-round picks coming up in the next decade. Right. And Sacramento's had interest in him for a while. I think yep. the, the buddy healed Kyle Kuzma swap has been rumored for a long time. So, uh, you know, I think he does have he does have value in the league. But if, if uh, maybe I'm wrong and he doesn't have value, I think it's important he'd still have a big role on the team just because – LA needs six foot eight forwards that can play, you know, some level of defense and hit threes. Like if you watch the Nets and Bucks series, you'd see the importance of perimeter defense. And we have strong um, rim protection, I'd say, and we have strong defenders at the guard positions. But some of it, so much of our wing defense is just LeBron and AD right now. And if you if you take Kuzma off the roster, now you're really looking at a dearth of options Laker Tom I pretty much agree with what Spencer's saying I I think what's interesting about Kuz is that I think in his contract one of the reasons that he settled for the 13 million dollars was first he got the poison pill which prevented him from being traded in the middle of the year and I think also he did not want to be in a situation where regardless of how he played, because he seems to me to be committed to becoming a complete player as opposed to being a high scorer on a losing team type of situation. And so I think that he he smartly valued himself, undervalued himself in the contract, 
he's not. I, I think he's worth easily $15 million on the open market. And I think that there'll be a lot of teams looking for him. You know, I mean, I, he, he very well, as, as Spencer intimated, could be part of a package for, for Buddy Heald. And from OKC, obviously, the candidate that the Lakers might be interested in would be Kemba Walker. So those are both situations that, you know, you throw a, uh, you throw a, a Mark Gasol or his contract, some small filler in there, and you're able to, to complete those two trades. So, you know, I, I, I think that 29 teams in the league who would like to have Kyle Kuzma in some form and shape. Everybody understands that he's a pretty well-rounded player. And you'll, you'll find teams that, that basically have need for, for a backup small forward or, or power forward. They'll be giving themselves all of these reasons why he'll be much better when he's not playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. This is a kid who's averaged 20 points per game and is for over like 25 games that he started in the NBA. So he can score and he can do almost all of the things that you really need from a lead player. And his major problem, no matter how you cut it, is that the two positions he plays happen to be the positions held by LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So I think Kuz is gone for sure. The the Lakers' problem is that they need a major overhaul, but all they can really afford at this point in time is an oil change. Uh, So they've got two two contracts that are really tradable, both $13 million contracts, KCP and Kuzma. So now how they don't have anybody else to use for filler. The only other filler they possibly have is like two and a half million for Gasol, assuming he doesn't retire and, and go to go to and play in the Spanish league. So what the Lakers are going to have to do is they're going to have to find work out ways with Dennis Schroeder and with, with Montrez Harrell, Alex Caruso and, and THT that if they're not going to keep them, they better get them in a sign and trade because they need to take advantage of that because otherwise they, they've only got $26 million in movable pieces that they can, that they can assemble and in, in, in trade for a good player. So they need to be able to do that. And then probably the other side of the coin, which is, I think, which I think is going to happen, is to get the quality of player that they need to replace people in the starting lineup who, who didn't pull their weight last year and to get somebody like a Kyle Lowry or a Miles Turner or any of those people like that. I think the Lakers are going to have to accept the fact that they're going to get hard capped and they're going to go after a free agent because the guys that are tradable that are on the market to be traded for aren't really the kind of guys that are going to be the third star that the team needs. I think Kyle Lowry is going to be the first target. And if they get a chance to trade for Lowry, since he's going to be a free agent sign and trade, they will be hard capped. And, and the silver lining for the organization is that they'd probably rather be hard capped than, putting $100 million in in additional uh, profit sharing for the rest of the league. Well, we'll see what happens with Kyle Kuzma because he thinks he might be out the door. I know Liker Tom and Spencer, I think, have a good idea as well that if they're at all possible, that he will be out the door and his tenure with the Lakers may be done, but we'll wait and see. But again, it's Kyle Kuzma and Dilemma. And if you guys have any questions out there or thoughts on Kyle Kuzma and whether or not we should keep him, what's his trade value, should we get rid of him. We want to hear your thoughts at Lakerholics.com. Please be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com, or you can go ahead at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com, or you do not like what Laker Tom just said at Laker Tom on Twitter as well. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com 
with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. But guys, there's still more to talk about on today's program. We talked about before on last week's show about big name targets. And I know Laker Tom just mentioned it in regards to you know, Miles Turner, Kyle Lowry. Those are the big name targets that you're trying to go after that a lot of other teams are trying to go after as well. But what are some of the under the radar moves and either free agents or trades or smaller things that we can get as far as smaller moves that we can get that may not necessarily get the headlines, but will be those key things like, for instance, like Tom was talking about earlier with Terrence Mann and Reggie Jackson. Now, you drafted Terrence Mann, uh, Clippers did in the second round, and Reggie Jackson, after being let go in, in a, a move that he, they wanted to go ahead and cut him, so he got picked up after he was waived by the Clippers because he had a relationship there. She you know, had a better relationship with the Lakers, but you know, I digress. But those are smaller moves that was made. Uh, you know, you see other moves that are made around the league where guys – they're playing in Europe or guys that are coming back from the NBA. They're, they're picked up and they give an instant boost to the team or some players from the European league coming over or players that are not given a chance on other NBA teams. Now finally give them a chance on the Lakers. Could that series of events happen? We'll wait and see, but Spencer, I'm going to hit you up first. Name me some people under the radars that don't usually get talked about by Lakers fans that you think might actually work out and be a good fit for the team. Okay, so I can name you a trio of players, and they're all from the same team. And those are Doug McDermott, Justin Holiday, and Jeremy Lamb. And so they're all from the Pacers. Indiana's in a you know precarious situation because they're they're paying a lot of money for a very you know mediocre team that didn't even make the postseason. So they're going to sell off um, rotation pieces that you know, make a decent amount of money, but, um, you know, because they, they want to get below the luxury tax and, you know, save money on a roster that isn't doing much. So I think those three players, they're not perfect, obviously. They're not going to solve the big needs for L.A., but they can have – they bring shooting. Uh, Justin Holiday brings defense. I think Jeremy Lamb is more of a scorer than KCP is. And, yeah, I think those would all help L.A. I want to mention another individual from the Indiana Pacers who is going to be a free agent, and as T.J. McConnell. Be the reason why is, yeah, he's not the greatest shooters, but provides instant defense, very much a playmaker, and the guy is one of the league leaders in steals. I mean, I've regularly seen him over the course of the past season get five, six steals a game, which is something that is very unique and very invaluable to a team. So I want to suggest him picking him off the waiver wire as well. But Laker Tom, want to hear your thoughts on some under-the-radar moves that the Lakers can make. I know Spencer made some good suggestions. I want to hear your thoughts on some other suggestions as well. I would have probably put McConnell right up there at the top of my list. Great defender. Not a great three-point shooter, but a great defender. I think there are other three-point shooters out there, but they're not volume three-point shooters. Most of the volume shoot three-point shooters have names. One of the problems that we have to face, which Spencer touched on, is if you trade, if you trade uh, Kyle Kuzma, you really have traded the only other small forward, you know, wing that you really got. He's the one guy who can defend somebody that is too big, let's say, for KCP to defend, or or uh, any of the other guards that we have. Even Matthews, Matthews does a better job against bigger people, but mostly that's just stripping the ball from them. I do like the idea of going after Terrence Mann. He's a free agent next year, and uh, maybe he'd like to just, you know, move across the aisle or move across the locker rooms the same way as uh, Montrez Harrell did. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that team. You read about these comments also that Kawhi is just chanted with the training staff of the team and so forth, and the, that whole business of sitting up there in the box. Man, you know, I, I don't understand it. It's either a failure of of management from the people who are running him to understand how the optics of that look to the average fan or even just to the guys on his team, you know. Uh, I just couldn't imagine. Sort of like Lou Williams going to the uh, going to the Magic Gentleman's Club. 
the gentlemen's club. You know, you you wouldn't expect that to happen on a LeBron James team. Yeah, I and, mean, you know, and, Alex couldn't even go to a wedding. Yeah, it just it just seems kind of funny, you know. So I do think that there's a principle involved here, which is that one of the things that the Lakers probably learned from what they did last year when they had a championship squad and probably kept more of it together than they should have kept together, overrated them based upon the fact that they had just won a championship, which is what you'd expect them to do. Sure, could have been stupid to do it the other way around and underrate them. But at any rate, I think what they've seen from the play that they've seen from from role players on other teams is that they need to get better. You know, they need better role players. They players are going to come through. And they kept saying the shots were going to fall. Well, the shots never fell, and we were out of the playoffs. So you could reach that point. So I think that you still got to focus on those three starters. Three starters you're going to put on the court with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, the rest of the that, players, but... the, the rest of the players from six on, you can get guys at minimum contract who can do those jobs. I know. Is there any one of those minimum contracts that you're out there? I mean, you've mentioned before in the past. Well, like Terrence Mann, C.J. McConnell. I would, uh, it just depends on how, it depends on how, what some of these guys who were on teams, I think Markeith Morris, I would still keep that guy on the team. You got to look at certain things that, that fit the roster. But I think what I'm saying is that none of those guys who, I don't consider THT to be untouchable. I don't consider Alex Caruso to be untouchable. This team needs to improve their starters. And if those guys have to go in order to do that, then in the right deal, I don't have a problem with them going. And I think the team should be aggressive in that sense, that there really are only two untouchables on this team, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Okay. I thought you were talking about the new Dodgers owners that are now Lakers. Now. They're kind of untouchable as well, but. I don't know. Well, you, you think that that'll uh, is going to change Genie's attitude toward playing luxury tax? The only thing is, is what do they bring to the team? And with them, they can now bring success. I mean, the the Dodgers now are not the best team in the league right now. At San Francisco is, but still, they're very highly mm-hmm. rated. They're still highly up there. I mean, they've won a world championship. They've been two. I've always two, been three. a Dodger hater. It's just a bummer yeah. for me. Well, let me just say this. They've, they've been to three World Series in a row. They have a – I mean, there's. it's not an accident that they came in, that they bought it. They came in with the Magic Johnsons and came in with all that and a lot of hullabaloo and they, oh, they won that bidding job. war for yeah, – but it's, it's not an accident that as soon as they came in, the team's fortunes rose and they became a team that decided to go ahead and they'll spend whatever amount that they wanted right. to do. And that they you, they they didn't care about the hard cap or anything like that. They just went out and they got the best players they could. They made trades that worked for them. And yes, they should have gotten more than one world championship, but Houston cheated. But that's another story, and whatnot. But yes, they yep, they and, and Boston cheated and whatnot. Yep. So yes, so yes, yeah, it's another story in and of itself. But again, you know, they come in with that attitude. And when you've got someone that comes in with that recent pedigree, not coming in with the pedigree that they won championships 10 years ago, they won it this past year. The same time you were holding a trophy, they were holding a trophy. Yep. So that they come in with that knowledge and they also come in with that, that money because the Dodgers machine and the Dodgers channel, yeah. that's a money-making machine right there. Well, yeah. But that money went to Phillip. Remember it didn't go to, yeah. it didn't go to Jeannie and the Lakers. Yeah, I understand it, but the, the, the thing is, if Genie wants to go ahead, needed another billion dollars, you know. But Forbes also has listed, you know, the Dodgers and the Lakers as two of the most valuable teams in sports, right. as well yeah. over four billion dollar value. They're going to pair them together now. Yeah, so there should be no excuses about hitting hard caps, about hitting hard taxes. Obviously, you don't want to go to the point where Golden State is. Where if you get a, well, it's a ludicrous. Gray, when you want to add a ten million dollar player, you're going to pay him fifty million. You're going to pay fifty million dollars yeah, a year. You don't want it to get to that point unless you're salary. winning championships. Unless you're winning championships, you really don't God, want to even get winning it. championships. I mean, that's still what, losing what are you saying to the guy who's making three million that's on the team when you add a guy making ten million, knowing that that's costing the club. 60 million yeah and still that's you're like you're saying it is a hard it is a hard swallow i i get yeah. i get that but the thing there's is a point now, where, there's a point where it becomes almost like a hard cap 
it's but effectively so so horrifying to add, to add a big I'm just saying that there are no player, more excuses. You know? There are no more excuses yeah. on spending money when it comes to – I mean, you got you saw how mad I was with the PPP and the fact that they yep. applied for a PPP loan. You you remember how incensed I was in regards yeah, to well, that. I thought that was insulting. It, it very embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. And to see them now where they're at, I mean, they're not hurting for cash. They should not be hurting yeah. for cash. So I don't want to hear any excuses now. Spending money should never be the answer for the Lakers. It should never, by this point going forward, it should never be the, the answer. It should never be the problem for the Lakers spending money. It well, I, th- th- there's a question about what you spend the money on. Yes. If you spend, I, that, I, I, let's I say that you that. go out there and you, you re-sign Dennis Schroeder for $25 million. But you, yeah, re-sign, yeah. you re-sign Caruso for $8 million, Re-sign... Uh, it's about getting uh, value. For, well, well, let me finish. Re-sign THT for $12 million. Okay, you've you've saved all of those things right there. You go out there and you you're gonna you're of course by now you're a taxpayer, so you're only gonna have a six million dollar MLE. But you go out and sign somebody for the six million dollar MLE. You fill out the rest of the roster with you know veteran minimum payments and so forth. Your taxes you're going to be your tax bill is going to be around sixty to seventy five million dollars. You make that, that means the last player you added that last player you added for. That six seven that seven million dollar MLE is going to cost you forty two million dollars. But the thing is, value Tom, value Tom for yeah. what you're getting, you know, and and they're making the right decisions with the money you spend. It, it should it should just not come down to the fact. Yeah, that- but there's a point where if you're talking about here's a roster A that I can build without well being hard capped, giving me an opportunity to do a sign and trade for a free agent which is going to be better than what I'm going to get from a trade considering what assets I have to trade. Okay. Versus, okay, here's, here's what you get with your spend all your money on just bringing back your own players and not even really upgrading the rest of the locker, rest of the roster. But there's Um, also a a built-in sense of how much the Lakers get. I mean, the last 10 years where the Lakers did not have a good 10 year period, whether when they were down, I'd love to see the books, Show me the books on how much money they were bringing in because, you know, based they on losing money, sales. Sure they're, they're not losing money up until yeah. the last few even, years. Even in those years of struggle, they were probably still doing well sure. fi- enough financially. But now that you have LeBron so and AD and you're selling all the paraphernalia with their names on it, uh, unfortunately, you are selling a lot of Kobe jerseys still as well. You were selling even while he was still alive. You were still in, right. still selling a ton well, there. We got nothing to we got nothing to cry about financially. Yeah, yeah. Mean, exactly. So I mean, we're there, more than our we're getting more than our share, even yes. though we're having to contribute, you know, a huge amount of taxes. There's there's no excuses. I mean, when it comes right. to spending money, if there's a value out there, obviously, yeah. what you spend. But it there on is a diminishing return if you can get ninety five percent of the same lineup. Without wasting seventy-five million dollars in luxury taxes, most GMs are going to take that ninety-five percent route, and I think that Rob Palinka would too. And uh, spending wisely, yeah. spending a lot wisely. of it comes down to what do they want? Do they want Kyle Lowry? Is there a Kyle Lowry deal out there? Yeah. If we'll there's a Kyle Lowry deal out there, this team is going to be hard capped. But is there anyone under the radar? I mean, you always mentioned Willie mm-hmm. Cauley Stein, who I think would be a great fit. Yeah, no, Nerlens Noel. Make yeah. it five million. I'd go for him for a Mitchell Robinson if he becomes available. Well, no, I, I here's the two things. Here's the thing about a center. You want to go modern, either modern defensively or modern offensively. Modern defensively means you need a guy who can go out to the three-point line who's not going to get played off the floor like Gobert did, who's not going to get played off the floor like JaVale did and like Dwight did. He's got to be able to def- switch, rotate, and defend. Find a defensive center who can protect the rim and de- defend all three areas like that. That's that's Nerlens Noel. He's got that mobility and speed. Quick Mitchell Robinson too. Talker. Don't 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 uh, forget about Mitchell Robinson. He's very athletic and and uh, yeah, but I still think that he's the guy they'll keep. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know he's guy. He's under contract and and he's a young kid and Nerlens thirty years old. Yeah, we'll and we'll never get that money back that he didn't take that contract. Um, yeah. but uh, but Collie Stein's another guy who can fit into that same mold of being that modern defensive center or you get a guy who can shoot threes i mean i've even i've even thought of uh kelly Onik. you know i mean his ability to attack and shoot from distance has a value of stretching the floor and he's not a starter but i'd sure like if if i had a third center i'd want him to be a three-point shooter i mean that's the other way that everybody's going modern 
I mean, and, and we've obviously talked about my ideal situation of turning Ben Simmons into a small ball center. I yeah. think that's perfect because he could, he's again, that modern defensive center. He's not going to spread the floor or anything, but definitely can finish lobs and stuff like that better than our existing guys. But man, to have a center that can switch and defend all five positions has that mobility, the value of that defensively, that's the player to put next to Anthony Davis, you know. The two of well, them we'll together would, would just put a lid on a basket. Well, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of moves to be made by the Lakers that they need to make. So we'll see how that pans out. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, there's still more to talk about in today's program. In fact, Jason Kidd has agreed to terms with the Dallas Mavericks and is heading to Dallas to coach the Dallas Mavericks. And rumor has it, Spencer, that he is going to be taking some coaches along with him. What did you say, Tom? Trying to take. Trying to take. Well, you know, that usually means he's going to take at least one so or two. But we'll see what happens. Spencer, if there was any coach you would want to stay or any coach you'd like to see gone. I know a lot of people say they're glad to see Jason Kidd gone because they're not sure exactly what he did for the team. But need I digress? Spencer, your thoughts on which coach you would not like to see go? For me, it's Phil Handy because I think he's been a great fit for the team. And obviously, he was a major and integral part of the Lakers championship. And then Lionel Hollins, a defensive master. But he was also not there when the team won in the bubble. So I want to hear your thoughts on who you think that, that is okay to go and who you really love to stay. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, I'm pretty sure most Lakers fans unanimously would keep Phil Handy for player development. I think, you know, he's like a player development guru around the league. Honestly, I think maybe the Lakers could use a new shooting coach based on this season. Oh, you don't like Penn Berthy? I don't know. So it's interesting, right? The Pelicans fired Stan Van Gundy. They're going to look for a new coaching staff. The shooting coach in New Orleans is universally renowned in the NBA for, um, for fixing people's jump shots. Like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo are two great examples. They were below average shooters and then they became, you know, borderline elite in New Orleans. So I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm like really out there with this, but if we could no, get, great suggestion. If we could get I think his name's Fred Vincent from the Pelicans, right. that would be perfect for LA. I mean, because Penberthy hasn't done the greatest job in the world and the three point shooting is reflective of that. So that's a great suggestion right there. Tom Again, I think you should, take, I think you, you should take Mike Penberthy with him, Jason yeah. Kidd. Yeah, take so him, maybe take him that's there. the case. Then open it up because I I, I agree with Spencer. He, he definitely he's the kind of shooting coach uh, that would be perfect for us. I think we need an offensive coordinator. You know, you need to be somebody in. You know, I mean, crazy as it sounds, I I would love to see Mike D'Antoni take over the offense. Oh, um, how that would be an interesting situation. It's, it's always good for controversy on the Lakers thing because I'm a big Mike D'Antoni supporter and admirer. And uh, Gerald and most of the other Lakerholics are are anti-Mike D'Antoni. I never said I was anti-Mike D'Antoni. Mm-hmm. Well, I never heard you. No, that's, that's, that's Jamie. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You, okay. you well, okay, Jamie. Sorry, don't mean to include you in that group. I, I, I love seven seconds <laughs> or less. I would love the Lakers to go ahead and just be a, a fast break. Well, break you know, a big part of... The one big part of the seven seconds or less thing is you're always going up against the seven seconds or less defense. You know, there's a big difference there. Uh, you got to remember, I lo- I'm from the days when the lo- early, uh, uh, late 80s, early 90s with Loyola Marymount, Paul Westhead. Paul Westhead to yeah. me was a truly tremendous coach. I love offense. I'm sorry. Uh, you don't, don't ever confuse me as being a Mike D'Antoni hater because I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm, that's, that is up to other individuals on our staff. So I'm not one of them. Okay. My apologies. 
Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. It's okay, it's okay. I know you, you get, but remember, Jamie Sweet has more hair, a lot more hair. So I'll, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Before we go ahead and head on out, I want to go ahead and talk real quick about what my appearance was recently on the Upside Swings podcast. And Stone Hansen, the guys, Stone Hansen's appeared on our show, and hopefully we can get him and the rest of the team on my show pretty soon, talk about the NBA draft. But one of the things we talked about, along with who are the Lakers going to pick, which we've talked about on this show, and who they're interested in, and who would be a good fit, and yada, 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 was the thing that they mentioned on there. And one of the topics that they mentioned was, what is the worst option for the Lakers, for somebody that they would pick available in that area? And I thought about it, and I said, the worst option for the team is if they keep that pick. Because that means that a trade that they were looking for to either trade up, to trade down, to trade out, to get an established player, most importantly, that could help the team more this cup coming season than maybe a rookie can available option. Because if you see them draft a Quisper Warte or a Sharif Cooper or whoever is available in that spot, like we talked about on last week's program, to me, cannot help you in the playoffs too much. But an established player would be more trusted come playoffs. There are very few rookies that are getting playoff time this deep in the playoffs. So I ask you, Spencer, am I wrong on this? Is the worst option for the team right now actually keeping the pick at number 22? I think in general you're right just because, you know, if we keep the pick, that means a trade didn't happen, right? I guess the counter argument would be that because of um, the AD trade and the Stepien rule, like uh, I think the next opportunity we have to draft is twenty twenty seven or so. so we can trade the twenty six pick. Yeah, so I guess that's that's the obvious counter. Or the twenty seven, if we wanted. But by that time, LeBron is gone. Yeah, that's true. That, <laughs> that, that's the um, the caveat in everything, but. If you're a big believer in the Lakers front office and their recent draft history, which has been, has been pretty good, I'd say, um, then I guess I guess you'd support taking the 22nd pick because we're not going to be drafting for a while. So, uh, Again, to me, I'm hoping that they will trade for an established player because I think that's a little bit more attractive. I know that they actually have to make the pick according to, like we said, the Ted Stepien rule, but they don't have to eventually keep the pick because they can go ahead and trade the rights to another team along with established players and package that and see what happens there. But Laker Tom, am I right? I think in, if you're, you know, you're talking about the diminishing window that we always talk about when it concerns LeBron and AD, AD's health and LeBron's age. I mean, you're not going to get much more prime LeBron and AD at this point in time. So you got to do what you can now to help the team win now. And that's great if you can get a rookie that can fill out your minutes during the regular season. That's what's been talked about. But that really doesn't help you very much in crunch time because very few rookies, again, get to flourish at this point in the NBA season. Yeah, I think you're generally right, Gerald. The interesting aspect about it is the team has done an excellent job drafting. Yeah. Um, the scouting department has has some good chops. And... Uh, you know, 22nd is a lot closer to the lottery than 29 or 30, you know, the way we've been drafting in previous years. So any deal we make, it would almost have to say that we didn't make a trade. And I find that almost impossible to imagine simply because number one, there are a lot of guys. There are a lot of players available. I mean, just look at the point guards available. There's at least a, a half a dozen Elite point guards available. Some of them by sign and trade, but they're available. Some of them, almost all of them, $30 million, but they're available. They would require a complex sign and trade thing. You get involved with base year compensation because some of the big raises and so forth are going to mean that they have, they, they, dip, those are different in value and matching salaries between the two teams. Or the but also you got to consider the number 22 pick has a certain value itself as far yeah. as what you have to give right. that, that individual. So, you know, and then there's, there's always the wild card, you know, maybe they spot somebody that they just love and they want to keep them as idiotic as it may sound in a win now environment with LeBron James injured two of the last three years with LeBron James, 36 years old. 
you're thinking about a 20 or 19 year old kid and what he can do for your franchise when, you know, when your kids are in college. Uh, I mean, you know, seriously, of course, then we go back to the Boyle Kyle Lowry trade. What the hell was the thinking on that trade? That Taylor Horton Tucker was going to help LeBron win a championship? I mean, help in the way that Terrence Mann or or Cameron Payne have helped uh, their teams win games, clutch times in the playoffs? And I've been one of the first guys on his island, but not at the cost of somebody like Kyle Lowry. And so I think the Lakers recognize that mistake, and I think that not only will the draft choice be a sweetener, almost a demanded sweetener in a lot of deals, but when you're talking about guys like any of those big names that we want to put together a deal for, which is possible with a double sign and trade, we'd have to, you know, somehow those people might have to want Harrell and want Schroeder and not have the cap space to do it and uh, have a player that we want and so forth. And so you got to find those right situations. But I think the THT and the draft pick are both going to be traded. I'm going to say right now that the Mo Wagner was a miss because you had Mitchell Robinson, who we just talked about. I think that other than that, the yeah. Lakers have drafted pretty good. Mo Wagner is almost out of the league. I mean, he's still right. hanging on. He's been weighed by the Celtics, but I think he's going to be able to have at least one more chance at an NBA job before things happen. And his brother is being. Yeah, uh, I think that was Magic's sort of insertion into that draft process. Yeah. Well, you saw, saw what happened there, but. Yeah, his brother is is very highly sought of Franz Wagner, who is depending on who you talk to, is a top ten pick. So, been very uh, been very interested to see what he's going to go ahead and materialize as. But yes, uh, I I think right now the worst option is keeping the number twenty two pick because that means a lot of stuff has fallen through, a lot of proposals by the Lakers were not accepted, and that means that the Lakers again have to pick very well at that position. They can't say they won't, can't say they can't, but asking a rookie to come in and play crucial minutes at a given point in time where you could have picked up somebody during the course of the season that might help you a little bit more during that crucial part of the NBA season is kind of hard to ask, especially someone that's coming right out of college. Even if they are older, like Chris Duarte at 24, 25, it's still a tough ask. You know, it, it, Your first year in the league, I want you to go ahead and play tough minutes against Chris Paul. How about doing that right now in the <laughs> second round of the NBA playoffs? You know, just doing something like that or, you know, it's just a hard ask. It's just a hard ask. But, guys, it's been great talking to you both. But before we head on out, Spencer, please go ahead and give an update on what you're doing at Basketball-University on Medium. And then, of course, Laker Tom, you know he's going to tell you why you need to check out Lakerholics.com. But, Spencer, Medium.com slash Basketball-University. We have some roundtable predictions for the NBA Finals coming up. Um, we've, we've released articles on the Ben Simmons debacle, which I think everyone in the NBA is interested in. I've recently broken down why the Lakers went from the NBA Finals to first-round exits along with the Miami Heat. And I think, you know, if you read about the Miami Heat situation, they're they're in a pretty similar spot where, you know, I think it was just reported they might trade Tyler Hero in much the same way. We're, we're going to trade our first-round pick and probably t- Taylor Horton-Tucker. And, yeah, we've got more original, um, very in-depth basketball content for the NBA playoffs and the NBA draft coming soon. I'll tell you what, that was you know a good read. Uh, you know, uh, anything that you're doing out there is a good read at basketball-university. And, yeah, when it comes to the Lakers and Heat, I think, yeah, the quick turnaround did affect both, but it affected the Lakers more than the Heat. I think the Heat had a little bit more depth, and maybe they played a little bit over their heads in the bubble, but apparently that Pat Riley is back to work. You know, he's he's wooing even though he's not supposed to, he's supposed to, but he's wooing players from other teams to try and come to Miami already. He's trying to work his magic, but with Lakers, of course, it's all about getting the individuals, LeBron and AD healthy and going from there and building a team around them that can do a little bit more 
this upcoming season. But Laker Tom, I know you've got Lakerholics.com where you constantly terrorize Sean Grice and also as well Jamie Sweet. But besides terrorizing them and also cheering what our good friend L Rob is saying out there, what you got in store for us at Lakerholics.com? I'm working on an article right now, Gerald, uh, talking about how the Lakers need to go big this summer. They can't settle for just, you know, I, I think the analogy I used in, in the article was one that I said earlier that this is a team that needs a major overhaul, not an oil change. And uh, so they they need to be really be thinking big. And the only way that they're going to do that by thinking big is by embracing the, the sign-and-trades. I mean, sign-and-trades of your own players in order to have additional trade assets so that you can trade for more expensive players and be able to match salaries. And trading for other teams' free agents, even though that will make you hard-capped, simply because there are a bunch of them out there, several of whom would be interested in coming to the Lakers and are perfect fits in our starting lineup. Guys like Kyle Lowry and um, so forth. So it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge to see what happens. I'm also in the middle of finishing it, just almost complete with an article uh, talking about the Lakers center situation. From day one after they traded for Anthony Davis, they've been working hard to, to make sure that, you know, AD does not have to basically cater to his preference to play power forward so he doesn't have to do the banging at center. And yet, you know, there's a lot of questions to be asked about that decision because it really affects the kind of roster that you put around the team, whether he plays center or not. So there's a lot of big questions there. Should he play center? How much center should he play? Should it only be in the playoffs? Should it be only in the regular season a little bit? If you look at the numbers, the stats say that the Lakers basically this year decided they weren't going to play Davis anywhere near minutes in the regular season or the playoffs that he played the first time around even though they won a championship. They seem to have geared toward that. And the ultimate result of that focus is this ill-advised desire to bring back Andre Drummond as a starting center next year. We need two things from center. We need somebody who can stretch the floor or somebody who can protect the rim and defend the perimeter. Those are all things that Andre Drummond doesn't do well. So the Lakers need to solve the conundrum of, of what is Anthony Davis's position. Magic Johnson came out the other day and said what probably a lot of us have thought at various times during the last two years. Anthony Davis should play center, period. You know, there's something to be said for that position. There's something to be said about Anthony coming out and saying, enough with this stuff. Put me at center. If that's what we need to do to win, do it. And I think that's what he said last year during the playoffs. And it worked. So I don't understand this desire to to somehow, you know, get the wrong kind of center to compliment Anthony Davis. I'm not even so sure that... Put some more skill around him. Yeah, I think put some skill shooting and put somebody who can't be played off the floor. I mean, if, if, if you, even even if you put a guy like Nerland's Noel next to him, Noel can bang with any of those big guys. He's athletic enough so that he can defend on the perimeter. He, he, can, he can track a guard all the way to the layup and block the shot the same way as AD can. Or get somebody like Porzingis who can really stretch the floor and shoot eight or nine threes a game and, and be forced that way. you got to decide what you want. You don't want to have a low-post traditional center who can't stretch the floor, can't protect the rim, can't play on the defense on the perimeter and switch, and, and frankly, is not a great lob catcher. I mean, one of the things that really impressed me about Aiton is he catches that ball and he moves the ball around in his hand, you know, before he dunks it, getting the right angle and so forth. We're lucky if Andre just catches the ball, much less being able to control the ball and direct it around somebody's arm in order to dunk it. Those are the two subjects that I think are big subjects that are going to decide what kind of team we're going to have going forward. Well, you can check out more of the articles again for Spencer at medium.com slash basketball-university, and also as well, Laker Tom. You can go ahead and check out his work at Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. For us, check us out and all the other great shows at NBA's greatest place to go for podcasts and basketball, in, you know, I guess learning, I guess listening, anything relating to the NBA at hoopheadspod.com for the Hoopheads Podcast Network. 
we still got the deal going on. I know that chuckles Laker Tom every time, but go ahead and type in the word fast break, all one word at manscaped.com to get 20% off plus free shipping. It's a great place to go for men's grooming. And of course, support everything that we do right here at the Lakers fast break. But guys, we will see you for Friday show, which will tape on Thursday night or Thursday afternoon. We haven't decided yet, but there's going to be more great Laker topics to come. NBA playoff update. Will the finals be set by that time? We'll wait and see. But guys, it's been great talking to both. Laker Tom, Spencer, please go ahead and check your bank accounts. We'll see if we can make a additional proposal <laughs> to see if we can get it. Now, maybe if Mark Walter and Todd Bowley, maybe they're having they're they're just they're short of cash because they bought a percentage to the Lakers and they also have the Dodgers. Maybe we can actually entice them by going ahead and maybe spending a little bit more than the $1.35 billion they just spent on the Lakers shares. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see if we can get our money together. And who knows? Maybe I'll hit a jackpot here in Las Vegas that will help the cause. But, guys, it's been great talking to you. I'm wishing you a great week. And everyone out there listening and watching, thank you so much for doing so. Please support us. Go ahead and follow us. Like us. Do whatever you can. Subscribe to our shows. We will see you later this week with shows coming up hopefully on Wednesday, but I know certainly on Friday, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.